today on the Zabecast. What have I told you about daytime shouting shows on cable sports networks? Stop watching them. They make you dumber. Wait till you hear these two prime examples. It was rings and banners night at Fiserv. We were there. A quick but complete recap. All that plus bread lines, gruesome Halloween decorations, and the high cost of wings. Your 30-minute uncensored Zabe Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! A late-night edition on this Wednesday, October 20th, two thousand. And 21, thank you for downloading. Well, me and the fellas went to Fiserv Forum in downtown Milwaukee, known as the Goodland, to watch the Bucks get their rings, to see the banner raised to the rafters. Technically, it was already up there. It was just revealed. And then the Bucks thrash the Kyrie Irving-less Brooklyn Nets. Observations and thoughts from this game. First and foremost, what the Bucks have and what the city of Milwaukee has in this team and in this new building they have and the franchise front office, the trust fund billionaires, uh, Mark Lazary and uh, Wesley Edens, they've got a good thing going. It's as good as anything in the NBA. It's a feel-good story. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think I'm saying that right, Antetokounmpo, 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 Antetokounmpo. It's a very hard one. I used to say Antetokounmpo. No, it's Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. What they've got in Giannis It's a Hollywood storyline. It's a script that would be sent back because it's too cheesy, too improbable, too perfect, too wonderful, too full of joy, too magical. You, You just can't believe it. He is such an unbelievable complete player and put it right back on display again. So I'm sitting there and we're in wonderful seats we got from Uncle Mikey Darrow. Thank you, Mike, for those. And we're there sitting there watching the game and watching the ring ceremony. It's me, it's Josh, it's Skidder, it's Armin. And I turned to the boys and I said, you know, we were one ligament away from sitting here, no rings, no banner, no championship gear, playing Memphis, not on national TV, seeing Giannis in street clothes and then saying to ourselves, well, do you think he could be back? by December, and if he does come back, what will his workload be? Could we get to 50 wins without him this year? Just think about that. Thank God for Bucks fans, it did not happen. Anyway, as I thought about how good they have it here and how good the team is and how rootable they are. Rootable, is that a word? How much you can root for this team. I couldn't help but think of the other big NBA story on Tuesday afternoon, that of Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. Imagine being a fan of the Sixers. I'm sure some of you are out there. You're like, you don't know the half of it, Zabe. Ben Simmons got thrown out of practice on Tuesday 
and given a one-game suspension for conduct, conduct detrimental to the team because he refused to go in and do a drill, as issued by Glenn Doc Rivers. To the point where now even Joel Embiid, the team's real star player, said, I don't really care about that guy anymore. Wow. I think the tweet of the night was from Big Cat Barstool Sports, who said, can you imagine being the guy who's whispering in Ben Simmons' ear, telling him that everything he's been doing so far is exactly the right move and how it's totally going to work out for him in the end? <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I was like. Yeah, that guy. That guy's going to slink away at the end of this when it ends poorly for him. This is the state of the league. You know, you can love your team, and obviously Bucks fans love their team, and still look at the league like, what is this league doing? And I also thought last night watching the game, I'm like, boy, they could sure use Kyrie Irving right now. And they're eligible to use Kyrie Irving, but they're not because why? They now have – they feel like they've got to break him. They're not going to take – they think, well, if we don't let him play at all, he might get vaccinated. Don't you think Kyrie's pot committed at this point? Anyhow, it was a great night. Um, there's a lot of little nuggets and nuances to the game itself. The one thing that I have never seen before, though, is what Josh did when it comes to buying championship gear. So the Bucks come out in these new cream-colored, off-white with gold trim, sweet-ass, full-zip, hooded, lightweight sweatshirts. They are money. They've got a big NBA champions on the back. It's got the logo on the front, the Nike swoosh. It's this nice cream color. It is mwah. We see those, and we say, ah, they're not going to sell those. No way. Those are going to be team-issued only. No chance you get one of those. It's never going to be in the team store, not going to be online. No way. So we accept our fate that, that we're never going to be able to get something that sweet. and We end up waiting for the game to start. And as soon as they get done with the ring ceremony, Josh, for some reason, logs on to the Bucks team store website just to see, like, what do they got on here, you know? He found that they have a $9,000 and change replica ring. I don't, I don't know if it's replica or it's the real ring. I mean, it, these rings today, championship rings are crazy, right? In terms of the size and how ornate they are. And, of course, the top comes off and it turns into a necklace. You can put a little thing on it to hang it around your neck. I don't know why. I think the real ring's probably valued at closer to twenty or thirty grand a piece. That's the neighborhood of championship rings these days. But you could get a lesser version with less bling on it for nine grand and change on the website. So he sees on the website, Josh does, that, ooh, they actually have these cream-colored full-zip hoodies. Within a second or two of us going, huh, well, maybe we should fire in an order, he bolts up from his seat and says, I'm going to the team store. I want to see if they've got them there. He'd already been to the team store earlier in the day, had been to the team store before the game. And I'm thinking, okay, what are you doing? Sure enough, he calls back, texts us, and says, they're here. <laughs> the magic hoodie. And I said, well, I'm in for one. What is it? 170 I know, it's an insane price, right? But I'm like, 
I'm in. Give me one. So he ends up in a mad dash getting the hoodies. He said he grabbed my XL, the last XL that was in the store, by literally a woman grabbed it by the hanger, and he grabbed it off the hanger and ripped it off the hanger. (laughs) Had no remorse whatsoever. He comes back, and I said, looked at him. I go, how did you know, or why did you think that those limited edition hoodies would be in the team store? He looks at me and just says, instinct. (laughs) Epic. Anyway, good night. Good to be there. And it's nice when you have a team that you can really, really root for and is really, really good and a superstar like Giannis, who is, again, like I said, a character from a movie that would be rewritten because it's too absurd. What a good dude, amazing story he is. Not like in Philadelphia. Not like with the Wizards who are launching this season as a team that's just trying to hit some kind of elaborate inside straight flush load cards, three, four, five, six, seven clubs. Boom, we got a team here without getting the superstar or multiple superstars to actually win a championship. It's been 30, 40 years since the Wizards' bullets were really relevant, and I don't see it happening anytime soon. The NBA is not as fun when it's like that. Moving to daytime yak shows on the worldwide leader in sports. I have said to you that watching daytime TV sports will make you dumber. Quite literally. And here is maybe the most glaring example, a shocking and embarrassing mistake by Chris Broussard. No relation to the Chris Broussard who runs this podcast. But Chris Broussard of Fox Sports, who went on a rant about the game on Monday night with Taylor Luan getting hurt. Thankfully, he's okay. Oh, by the way. And talking about the Josh Allen play that did not go for a first down or a touchdown, or I guess the first down play, because he said, could it have been the fact that Taylor Lewan had left the game with an injury and they were down to a backup? Oh, no. Wait a minute. (laughs) Taylor Lewan doesn't play for the Bills. He plays for the other team. So what exactly are you talking about, Chris Broussard? I mean, really? Really? Yeah, he went there. Here is the audio. Try not to hurt too bad for him because it's super cringe. Because 10 happened on the play. Yes, Josh Allen Smith or Josh Allen slipped, but it got blown up on the left side because of the pressure of Tennessee. I wonder why. Could it be because ten, uh, Buffalo's Pro Bowl left tackle, Taylor Lewan, was injured? If he's there, maybe that doesn't happen, but he's out. So you got a second stringer that Josh Allen's trying to go behind, and you see he got destroyed, Dawkins, whoever that is. All right, so that's the problem. You're not good in the red zone overall. Wow. Ouch. So not only does Taylor Lewan play for the Titans, but in addition, Deion Hawkins, for the record, is the Bills' starting left tackle. So you got Dawkins in there. Who knows who that guy is? Well, you don't. You didn't take two seconds to 
Call up the Our Lads depth chart, did you there, Broussard? And to get it that turned around, look, I've made a lot of mistakes and dumb mistakes and big gaffes in my years of doing radio, but it's three hours a day. It's not television where you've got producers and other people. I mean, it's pretty clear this was a mistake, not just of, oh, yeah, that's a brain fart. I got the guy on the wrong team. This was an elaborate take constructed around something that he wished was true, that he thought was true, that was too good to be true. Oh, look, somebody got hurt. He's an O-lineman. Oh, and there was a play that got stuffed late in the game. I bet it's because he got hurt. Oh, yeah, that's it. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get this take all lined up for television. This is the kind of thing that happens a lot to NBA guys, and that's what Bruce Art is, an NBA guy, when they start talking about football. They know a little bit about football, but they don't watch it as much as you and I do, the average sports fan. They're into the NBA, and there's nothing wrong with that. But my God, what a brain fart that was. Then there's this. Watching these shows makes you dumber. Here's why. ESPN, Stephen A. Smith says, He's still not sure if Lamar Jackson can take the Ravens to the Super Bowl. Okay? This is dumb on multiple levels. One, because what is sure exactly? Dumber as well because who says Stephen A. Smith is the final say on whether or not this is going to be the case? Even if he was sure, who cares what he thinks? It's super, super dumb because sports is largely random and unfair and unpredictable, and that's why we love it. It's also what people have said about not making the Super Bowl to, oh, I don't know, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Steve Young. They all couldn't win the big game or even make the big game until they got to the big game and then they, well, won it. So here was Stephen A. Smith talking about this on ESPN about – Good old uh, Lamar Jackson. What do I always say about a quarterback spot, Mo- Molly? The court. It's about accuracy. Mm. It's about accuracy. And by the way, when it counts. Mm-hmm. So I took the liberty of doing my own research, yeah. Michael Irvin, and I went back the into the archives and I looked at these numbers. The archives. Lamar Jackson has played. There's not archives. It's a Google search. Profootballreference.com. Any asshole can go to it. Eight in four playoff games. Okay. Three of them, he's failed to reach 60% completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has sucked in the playoffs. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw Lamar Jackson in the postseason, he overcame his maladies first two years. Wrong word. Maladies are medical conditions. Years 2018-2019 by beating Tennessee last year. Completed 70%. Although he did go in the locker room to go to the bathroom. Is that a malady? Percent of his passes through for 179 yards. Obviously had a rushing touchdown. He did his thing in that game. Then he went up against Buffalo. He was held to three points. Now I'll give Stephen A. this. He knows how to be fake dramatic. The pauses. The lowering of the voice. And then the ramping up to say, I want to see a more accurate player in the play. Yeah. But (laughs) so Stephen A. comes out with his take, which is just stupid on its face. Because we don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You can't just say, well, I, you know, so far he's been a much different player in the playoffs. Is it nerves or do teams cook up defenses for him? I don't know. But that could change because he's shown me some things this year that are impressing me. Or he could have some other take. The simple take of, well, I'm not sure he can lead him to the Super Bowl, then 
becomes a talking point that other shows on ESPN and other personalities on ESPN, like, say, Mina Kimes, can go out and then use as their own piece of content to pearl clutch about, oh, man, I can't so believe you'd say that. Sometimes It's almost like playing whack-a-mole. If it's not one thing, or it's another. I'll start with what we just watched, Stephen, talking about the playoffs. It's a fair criticism, but... This guy's played two full seasons in the NFL. Two full seasons. I, I, well, let's not count the first one. Cut him some slack. I mean, your beloved Kyler Murray hasn't even been to the playoffs at this point. It's always, oh, can he play from the pocket? Even though in 2019 he ranked second in QBR from the pocket, he's crushing it this year. Can he lead a comeback? Even though, again, most quarterbacks struggle with comebacks. Finally, that narrative has been shot this season after he's led these incredible comebacks. So there you go. One bad take leads to another, and like I said, if you really want to be dumb about sports and get dumb, watch some of the daytime stuff, and then you'll be a lot less smart. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. Let's talk showboating. Nobody likes the excessive penalties in the NFL for the current showboating or taunting rule, I guess, more accurately. But I know why it's there. CeeDee Lamb, game-winning touchdown pass in overtime against the Patriots. Great play. He's clear to the end zone. Has to slow down. Has to bait the defender into running to catch up just a little bit late. He then gets pushed. He gets up, and he, of course, waves in the face of the defender. God, I hate that. 
I'm not going to go on some old man rant and shake my fist at the clouds and be all upset about it, but I do hate it. I thought it marred an otherwise good play. Like, okay, great. You got to taunt him on the way in, huh? All right. You feel better about yourself? This is why the NFL owners have it in there. Now, Alex Cora chided his pitcher the other night after striking out Carlos Correa because it was Correa who did the tap his watch move after a big home run in game number one, two. Games are getting away from me here. So here was Alex Cora who said, we don't do that. That's why he scolded his pitcher Rodriguez for mocking Correa. Cora said, don't mock Correa by saying, we don't act that way. Oh, you don't, huh? Well, here was Alex Cora on the podium after the Red Sox won the World Series a couple years ago. The New York Yankees, yeah, the sky was falling. You know, we lost game two, and he was panicking here. Everybody was like, whoa, it's over. We scored 16 at Yankee Stadium. Suck on it. Yeah, suck on it. That's Alex Cora for you. So, yeah. We don't do that, he says, except for when I do it, when actually, you know, it, it, it matters to us at least. Freebies and markups. Had an interesting discussion on the air about how Quick Trip here in Wisconsin has free air. Many gas stations do not. They make you pump quarters into a air hose to fill up your tires. Sometimes as much as $2. $2 for air, are you kidding me? You know, there's an air shortage. No, I did not know that. How can there be an air shortage? Shipping is stuck in the port, valet, just like everything else. Wow, I didn't know that. Anyway, so Quick Trip has free air stations, which is great for motorists. And I said, well, I wonder how much gas stations have to spend fixing the nozzles and the gauges and the hoses and the machinery. And at what point do they go, God, this is not worth it. we got to charge a little something to recoup the fact that, you know, we have to repair this stuff. That's when people said on our talk and text line, well, it's a competitive advantage. People go to Quick Trip. They'll buy something else. They'll fuel up on gas. And that's just the way they roll. It's not, I guess, unlike Southwest Airlines that has bucked the industry-wide trend as the only carrier, the only one, to let you fly two bags for free, which I still think is one of the greatest deals going when it comes to flying places. I mean, who doesn't want two bags for free? You feel like you're $70 ahead, boom, just like that. So maybe it's working out for them. I just think it's interesting that they're kind of like the only one that does that. Speaking of freebies and markups, I had some wings over at Maddie's Bar and Grill the other night, and I was talking to Matt Anderson, the owner, proprietor, and I was eating a pound of wings. And we were talking about a bunch of different things, and he said, yeah, you know, these wings, I'm not making anything on these tonight. I go, why not? He goes, because the price of wings have gone up because they're very much in short supply. Yeah, just, just another thing in short supply these days. And I said, really? So you haven't marked them up at all to reflect the cost? He goes, nah. He said, you know, it's just... It's bad for our customers. I want them to keep coming in. I don't want them to get a bad feeling about, hey, man, how come these wings are so expensive? And I'm not losing money on them, but I'm not making money either, and we'll just figure it out. We'll make it up in other ways. Make it up in volume, right, as the saying goes? I did not know that. I don't know who else does that 
I guess some restaurants do. They they have certain items that may be lost leaders that they know they're not making much money on, but they are killing it on something else. He also said, and this was interesting, he said he's not allowed delivery. Doesn't deliver himself and doesn't allow Grubhub or Postmates or Uber Eats or DoorDash. Oh, my voice is going. <clears throat> Better shut it down and go to bed. He said he does not allow them to uh, to deliver for him. And I said, why? He goes, because the food, by the time it gets to people, will not be good, and that reflects on us. That's bad for our brand, our business. I go, that makes a lot of sense. But he said that they would find delivery companies putting his bar on their menu anyway and coming in as if they were the original customer and then rerouting the food to somebody else. And then they would get complaints. Hey, these fries are soggy or whatever. And they'd find out, well, where did you order this from? They'd say Uber Eats. And you go, oh, he would say, well, we don't offer that on Uber Eats. We don't offer delivery. So somebody did this against our will. And I said, what do you do? He goes, we got to call him and say, stop doing that. I never knew that about the food business. Being you is good enough sometimes. Rory McIlroy, who my boy... Ron Thomas said, quote, isn't very good right now. Recently won the PGA Tour event in Las Vegas, the CJ Cup. No, it's not a big event, but there was a number of big names there that he beat, that he held off, including a resurgent Richard Fowler. Good to see that. But yeah, Rory McIlroy said, quote, I realized I need to just be me. I think for the last few months I was maybe trying to be someone else to try to get better. I sort of realized that being me is enough. And being me, I can do things like this. That a boy, Rory. That a boy. Dateline breadlines? Question mark. So with all these shortages going on, the Biden administration is coming under increasing heat for, well, what's your plan? What are you going to do? What's going on? Oh, we also found out that Pete Buttigieg, had been taking two months off for paternity leave for his adopted son with his husband. To which, in a normal situation, you go, hey, if your employer allows it, mazel mazel, good things. However, he's not just any employee. He's the transportation secretary. And I guess nobody knew he was off until somebody had to start asking around, hey, the ports are backed up. Where's Pete? Oh. He's been on leave for two months. Mm. Anyway, so supply chains all whacked out of line, and and it's a global thing. I don't know if there's anything the Biden administration could do or Pete could do, but it's bad optics. But instead of sort of acknowledging, yeah, this is bad, and and this is not where we're used to in America, where we get what we want when we want when we want it, and a lot of it. There's now opinion pieces that are really just propaganda to try to defend the administration, saying, don't rant about short-staffed stores and supply chain woes. Americans should make adjustments to lower their expectations. One online outlet even said, hey, the bread lines in Russia weren't that bad, fostered a great sense of community, where you got to know your neighbors, you stood in line for your bread. We're not anywhere near a food crisis 
And honestly, we could all in America stand to go without food for a good while, <laughs> sporadically at least. But still, to actually say, hey, bread lines aren't that bad, wow. Somebody said on Twitter, we went from two weeks to flatten the curve to, eh, you know what, bread lines aren't that bad. It's a long way to go, for sure. Gruesome Halloween decorations. I'm on record. I'm a fan. Sorry, not sorry. Headline, Dallas man gets cops called on him because Halloween decorations are simply too gruesome for the neighbors to stand. (laughs) This happens every year. This is a hell of a display, though. He's got severed arms and legs, bloody with realistic-looking goo and innards and blood all over the place, in wheelbarrows in his front yard, a a man with a machete in the back of his head draped over the front gutter of their porch. (laughs) I mean, this is really over the top. I know that real-life-looking people being hung and blood that gets people going. It's a fine line. On the one hand, come on, it's Halloween. If you're really that shocked by it, turn your head as you drive by. But my kids were traumatized. Hey, your kids are on the Internet. Your kids have a phone. Your kids have WhatsApp, and they're texting shit back and forth to each other. You have no idea. This Halloween display ain't going to phase them. Still, though, it's uh, it's interesting. Cut eight. Pandemia. Buck Sexton tweeted, the fundamental lesson of the pandemic has been the crushing reminder that a large portion of humanity, perhaps even a majority, has a deep and enduring desire to be controlled and will put up with almost anything under false promises of safety and belonging. True, true. Other things that are true is when government takes control... They never want to give it back. They never do give it back willingly. They have to be beaten and absolutely cowed into submission to give back these powers. Prime example is that in the UK, I guess I saw yesterday, that they were going to have a vote on whether to extend the Coronavirus Act, which gave the government powers to help manage the spread of coronavirus. Sounds innocent enough, right? Who wouldn't want the government to have these powers? You don't want them to do nothing, do you? Ah, yes. Many of us said, okay, you're doing shit you have no business doing and no right to do, but it's going to end and then you're going to get the fuck out of our lives. Guess what? They don't want to get out of our lives. They don't want to give these powers up. Why would they? They have the power to make people they know and connected entities they know rich Because the spigot of money is flowing, they're not going to give it back. In addition, what I've found is that there is a lot of hypochondriacs out there and petty would-be tyrants who want the government to sick itself on the people they don't like or on people who are acting in ways that they think, for the moment, are dangerous, and they make them, it's very satisfying, good, these people are being reckless. Mask mandates are a key example. But guess what? These people that are advocating for this are just too short-sighted, too ignorant to understand that this will all eventually come back against them when the issue is not something that they like, but something that they hate. The day just hasn't come yet. I think, sadly, we're a nation of at least 51% scared sheep, and they are running around wildly right now with politicians riding these stampedes for personal gain, and the corporations 
they're so embedded with government, either dependent of them or fearful of them, they jump in. So it's not going well. There's more stupid all the time. And I'm not sure what there is to push back. All right. That's going to do it for today. Thank you very much for listening and for downloading a quick solo run. Tonight, tomorrow is Sally and Scott via a Zoom call. I hope the quality is sufficient. I've got better internet here in my hotel than I do at home, so I think the quality will be good. And we will talk about Tears of a Clown. We're going to sort the NFL out and say, okay, Who's really good? Who's in the top shelf? Who's in the next shelf? Who's in the shelf below that? And who is absolutely putrid and terrible and wholly unredeemable? Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time.